0: Good morning and welcome to the Mr. Elvin Podcast. It is Tuesday, September 25th. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram, and here to talk about your two-in-one Washington Redskins, it's my pod friend, Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt.
1: Hello. I like pod friend. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, we definitely spend more time together on the podcast than in any other context.
1: Oh, I don't even think it's close. I mean, maybe G-chat circa like 2010, 2011. Maybe.
0: Yeah, so it's been a couple weeks. Uh, I think we potted after the Redskins-Cardinals week one win, and then we took the Redskins-Colts week two loss. We took a break, uh, and now we're back after week three. They beat the Packers. It was exciting. But a lot happened uh, between now and our last podcast. I think you bought a house?
1: I I did. I can't remember exactly when that happened. We certainly moved into the house. You may be hearing uh, a little... Uh, A little echo, um, and that'll hopefully be squared away by next time we record, but it's still pretty sparsely furnished, and uh, there's a lot of just sort of hard surfaces for sound to bounce off. So apologies to anyone listening.
0: You haven't, like, hung up your Redskins quilts or anything like that?
1: It's funny, because no, I haven't, and I don't have any, but what I did find is, um, you know, our stuff has been in storage since our last move, which was many years ago, and I found, like... Uh, lights from the old light board at FedEx Field, and...
0: Um, oh, well, the, that's a keeper. That is a
1: keeper. Yeah, a yeah, bunch, of, bunch of random jackets and pants and, and uh, novelty game coins from lots of stuff from my days with the team, but none of it absorbs so, sound.
0: So the, so the first item there was interesting to me because you've saved lights from a stadium that nobody likes and that we have no affinity for, Uh, and that, uh, lights that were actually in a scoreboard that was often uh, derided as like the worst scoreboard in an NFL stadium.
1: Yes. I would say that's accurate.
0: Okay, good. Uh, hold on to those, pass those down to turtles for generations to come.
1: I should also add that they have, uh, like stickers on them and it's, it's not like plaques. It's actually just like printed out, you know, labels like Avery labels that commemorate the light bright at FedEx field.
0: Was this given as, like, a bonus to Redskins employees at one point?
1: No, they were – I don't think so. That was, that was just a bag of apples. Um, they uh, – <laughs> no, they, when, they, when they took the thing down and installed the video boards, um, they did something with these. I think they gave them to fans or whatever it was, but there was a big pile of them, and I, okay. I took a couple. Um,
0: you know, right. why not? You know, you know I, I had to kind of take, like, reverse – in a, different, in a weird way, I had to take stock of our own prized possessions uh, in recent weeks because we had a major hurricane coming directly at our house. Yes, how is everybody? Uh, everybody's good, uh, but, you know, for those that don't know, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and Hurricane Florence came right through there. Uh, we were like two miles off the coast, so it was very interesting. Last couple weeks, me and my family evacuated. Uh, We spent like four or five nights there. Then we moved over to Charleston, spent another four nights there. And then when the roads were passable uh, and the power was back on, we made our way back to Wilmington. And I've spent the last several days cleaning up trees.
1: And and, uh, so the people are okay, are are good, which is very good. Uh, Are the trees on top of possessions or was it relatively mild? Uh,
0: We had a tall pine that fell right next to our house. So that was Uh, That was pretty sweet (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, because my neighbor, like five doors down, uh, he had two tall pines fall on his house and giant skylight uh, in their uh, ceiling. Uh, and the house is uninhabitable for the foreseeable future. Well, that, that, that would be
1: suboptimal. It's funny because when we were house hunting, uh, we were always wrestling with that. You know, like they list like nestled among trees as a real pro in almost every house listing you find. And uh, my wife would just look at them and be like, look how close they are. They're just trying to kill the house. And so, yeah, that is yeah. depressing as heck.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. Do you see suburb trees? Like those most likely are going to stay up, I think. I don't know. But, like, we get a hurricane, like, every year or two. I'm, I'm now very pro, like, short trees. Shrubs. Trees.
1: Are, shrubs are optimal.
0: Yes. Uh, but, no, we're good. We're good and uh, back to normal. But it did cause a little interruption in the podcast research uh, department because I was driving – a long way, a long distance during the Redskins-Colts game. So I just really saw the highlights of that abomination.
1: What would, what would you count um, as highlights from take, that?
0: I don't know. I, I'm not sure if anything good happened in that game. But uh, then on the, the the Redskins-Packers, I was supposed to take my son as like a special treat, me and some other fathers and sons. We were all going to go to the Panthers game. This is you know, going to be his first Panthers game. But because of the hurricane and the flooding and the roads being we did and I felt bad and we all know that I'm a good dad uh, so we threw like a Panthers party and the Panthers and Redskins were broadcasting simultaneously so I I was in and out on this game saw the highlights a lot of good that's fair happened.
1: i would i actually um, watched I this one pretty well which i'm sure will disappoint the listeners who tune in to hear us talk about not watching the games um, I, I missed towards the tail end i got caught up in life stuff but i think i think well, i can at least speak about it um, somewhat somewhat competently which is a step ahead of usual
0: oh well well we're going to talk about it either way But um, before we get to like that Redskins-Packers game specifically, and go through kind of like the offense, defense, special teams, coaching, media, refereeing, uh, kind of rundown that we normally do. I just want to assess the Redskins situation after three games and try to figure out, like, what what do you think this?
1: Team is? Well, it's funny, you right? Know, if we had if we had recorded last week, I was going to Eeyore my way through a well, they're an eight and eight team, they're nine and seven team, they're seven and nine team, uh, kind of thing and they're probably still that but right. they might be closer to the 9 and 7 side than the 8 and 8 side i it, it's so hard to tell at this point in the season cuz you're still trying to figure out who's good and who's not you know it's easy to look abstractly and be like oh a win over green bay is great and a loss to the colts is is an atrocity but if we look back you know Eight weeks from now, it's like the Rams win early last season where everybody's like, well, that was pretty good, but not a huge deal. And it turned out to be a pretty huge deal. So I don't know. My gut says that they are a above-mediocre team. How about you? It's, it's the best we can hope for.
0: That's exciting. <laughs> um, well, no, it is hard because like the NFL is wildly inconsistent week-to-week week right now, and like the Vikings get routed by the Bills. You Know, um, it's hard to say, and the Redskins themselves have been wild and consistent going from good to bad to great in week one, two, three. But I mean, here they are, they're two and one season into today, they'd be a wild card team. I know that's weird. Three, you know, what are you clacking on? I, the, the All right, so that forward, I that I need to not, to not do. Clacking. I was
1: I trying to have stats up in belt. front of me,
0: yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was so loud. It was almost like when you're at like the like airport. You know, you're like checking in at the gate, and they're like, okay. Cool. You know, uh, well,
1: we won't do that and again. And I apologize. To
0: everybody. That was pretty much how it was. Um, okay, no, no problem. But the Redskins are two and one. Uh, they're. to didn't say to be a wild card team. I know that's like kind of stupid to say after three weeks, but they also have like a plus twenty something point differential, which is second best in the NFC. And besides the Rams, like. I don't know who's that good. Like the Vikings are supposed to be good, the Eagles are returning champs, but you know, after three weeks, I, I feel like the Redskins are right in that
1: I'm not even convinced they're be behind, behind the Vikings. The Vikings. Um, that,
0: that's exciting. Yeah,
1: there you go. That's much more like it. Because boy, do I have.
0: I'm, I'm sorry. Behind the Rams. Behind the Rams, not the Vikings. Yeah. But by the way, the Rams. Yeah, the, the Rams,
1: Rams are, are fun to watch, like, and the Chiefs are fun six, six, to watch. Six, like one day, I hope. I hope this team is fun to watch, also. <laughs>
0: I don't think that's going to happen, but I do I do think, like, to your point about, like, them being on, like, the nine-win side of the seven-to-nine-win spectrum, which I think everybody kind of had them on, like, the seven-to-nine-win spectrum. Um, I, I think that's, like, a really uh, – like, it's a really positive development. They've been healthy, which matters a lot. But they, they seem to be this, like, average-to-good team that – you know, he's probably going to be in the firmly in like the Jay Gruden, like 500 zone, but there's like a glimmer of, well, man, they could actually be one of the better teams in the conference with this defense and Alex Smith. And
1: oh, I think it like comes down in game, game. large part might, to the might running actually, game. I mean, obviously it comes down to the health of a bunch of guys, but it, If Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson in week two, when we didn't get the chance to talk, looked exactly like I expected him to look, which, as anybody who's listened before will remember, is not a good thing. And I was feeling very smug. Um, Adrian Peterson in week three looked spectacular, like just undeniably great, Uh, just well above average, um, fast, decisive. It just you could really see. you know that he is still in some ways or may still be in some ways what he used to be and if he can really do that uh, it makes a huge difference now i do want to pause at this point and say uh, following on our conversation after week one i still find it real tough to watch him i can't get past the non-football stuff um i don't enjoy cheering for him it makes me sad and miserable but man did he look good on the football field on on, uh, sunday
0: Well, let's just transition right into the offense and kind of like talking about the Packers game some. Because I, I, I like what the Redskins have in Peterson and Thompson. Like, with a back like Peterson, I think the danger is that when he's out there, it's either going to be a run or a play action. Uh, like, they're not going to really involve the running back in the passing game. But that's fine in certain contexts. Like, you know, kind of the start of the game when you're getting rolling or in a game where you're up, which has been the case in, in two of the three weeks. And he can get his twenty plus carries, but then you also have Thompson for other situations. You know, third down situations, you know, long distance situations, games where you know it's it's close or you're back or you're behind. They kind of have two backs that between the two of them can can uh, you know? I, I guess. I
1: mean, I'm situation. just I, I'm still so skeptical of Peterson. But this week, I mean, he didn't he didn't even look like he needed his twenty carries from. Either the first or second time he touched the ball it just it was it was a totally different thing now it's still weird seeing him in 26 because he just does not look anything like Clinton Portis when he's running like he's just built differently he carries himself differently he's more upright he's he's longer but it was it was it was weird to see which is one of your one of your favorite things is weird jerseys doing weird things um but but it was it was decisively good
0: What, what's weirder? Is
1: Peterson 26, 26 I think Dunbar. Dunbar hasn't shocked me there was somebody yeah I forget who it was somebody was wearing a real weird number and I just couldn't I couldn't put it together maybe it was Richardson what number does he wear yeah he's 10 he's 10 that that one's still that one's still weird the shine hasn't worn off of the the 10 to me yet
0: well the other weird one was preseason Hall of Famer Cam Sims, I think, was 89, which is was very strange. Uh, with yes, that was baffling. Like
1: the exactly
0: um, opposite type of wide receiver. Um, but, but on Richardson, by the way, it was very nice to see him make a big play. I think he had like a 46-yard touchdown early in the game. Um, because I don't feel good about the Paul Richardson signing. Like, I feel we're conditioned with wide receivers for him to end up in like the the Brandon Lloyd, Antoine Randall L, like middling free agent, wide receiver acquisition, who doesn't... Well,
1: I mean, it seems like not only free agent acquisitions, but also draft picks. I mean, I I got into uh, some Twitter argument in the offseason where I was arguing that I haven't seen Josh Dotson do anything of any significant note. He's made a few catches, but nothing that made me think that guy's going to break out and be great. So while I have been feeling very wrong about Peterson, I have been feeling very uh, unhappily justified in my criticism of, of Dachshund. I, I, is it something about the w- receivers coaching, do you think? Is there, or are we just cursed? What do you think it is?
0: It's, it's strange. I mean, Doxon was like a mid first round pick and it's like, he might as well not even be on the roster. It's almost, you know what I mean? Like he's out there all the time, but makes so, so few plays and they don't even really target him that much. Uh, it's straight last year at some point, like, I don't remember exactly. He made like that diving kind of game winning catch, uh, breaking team made a shirt for him. It was really exciting. I was kind of like on the dock train. And now, you know, I just feel like it's destined
1: for him to kind of play out. He was targeted this week, um, and I don't think he caught a single thing. He had a couple drops and a couple misses, but none of them. He may have had one that was negated by a penalty. Uh, I don't remember, but yeah. But I mean, it's just it's not great, man. Um, So that was frustrating.
0: Well, on the other side, though, Crowder Crowder was what a fourth round or fifth round pick. And I mean, that's that's good value. True. And
1: it's real easy to focus on the negative. I mean, I would say Pierre Garçon was a successful free agent wide receiver signing. I would say Deshaun Jackson was a successful free agent wide receiver signing. So, like, it does happen. It's It's just so easy to focus endlessly on the mediocre and the negative with this team.
0: Elsewhere with the receiving core and the. In the positive side, uh, love to see a healthy Jordan Reed. And I also love to see a bare-armed Jordan Reed. It's a good look. Like um, it's
1: I, I still I really like have that. the same thing that I always have with him, which is that any catch I expect him to just not get up. I mean, he could be alone in the middle of the open field um, and gently sit down, and I would expect him to suffer a crippling season-ending injury. Um, but – but I guess I should – I guess this is the classic definition of me just being a negative person. I should focus on the positives, enjoy him while he's there. He does look good, although he doesn't look as good. Have, do you feel that at all? He's – yes.
0: Oh, oh, the nuance on, on the good scale. I, I don't know. I mean, look at his numbers. Like he, he's putting up like typical Jordan Reed production, you know, like where if you projected it out, he's going to have like – 900 yards and six seven touchdowns like really good production for a tight end so he has been putting numbers on the board and he's stayed healthy I just, so I'm is just, he I
1: though because like, he's know. put up he, i'm looking out. now yeah. he's he's had he had four catches for 48 six for 55 four for 65 it, which is good it's good but i just i don't know yeah. i put him in previous years when healthy i put him with like the gronkowskis the travis kelsey's like the really like
0: Oh uh, yeah, like elevated. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say because he's never really played a sixteen game season. So maybe yeah, I'm, true. Like not doing a per game analysis here. You know, like I don't think he's ever had more than nine hundred yards in a
1: season. Uh, two thousand fifteen, <laughs> he had nine hundred fifty two um, yards but but in also, fourteen games. To,
0: like... Okay. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's that's a good number for a tight end in fourteen games. Um, but with Alex Smith at at the helm. There's not, like, a lot of yardage and a lot of touchdowns to be scored. You know what I mean? Like, and I, like Alex Smith, and also, first of all, this game, they were they were winning it, and I think he threw the ball, like, five times in the second half. So, you know, I threw the ball 20 times overall. It wasn't like there was going to be a, a, a kind of big receiving numbers to be had. But his projection is such an Alex Smith stat line. It's, like, 4,000 yards, which is kind of low for a 16-game quarterback season at this point in the way the NFL is. But, like, 20 touchdowns, also low. And then extraordinarily low, like, five interceptions. He threw his first interception of the season I, on Sunday. I think –
1: I feel like balls. you're selling him short, though. Like, the – the, I feel like he could put up the points if he wanted to or, or if the play calls guided him there. Um, the touchdown pass, not the one to Richardson, but the one to Crowder, the quick slant to Crowder, was amazing. It's it's one of the best throws I've seen from Redskins quarterback oh, yeah. in, like, was a laser. three years. I just I, – I was – it's very rare that I see something relatively unimpressive and I'm just like, ah, that was really great. But that was one of those things. It just, it was a perfectly executed, uh, you know, iteration of that play. And I feel like we haven't seen that in ages. I think he could put up the numbers if he needed to. I think he demonstrated it last year in a different offense. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Smith at the moment.
0: Well, they'll, don't take what I'm saying as a criticism. I just think like looking at his years at like in Kansas city and now what he's doing in Washington, like this is kind of like the numbers that he puts up. It's like low yardage, low touchdowns, no interceptions, very efficient quarterback. He's not, you know, putting up like Drew Brees numbers. Um, You know what I mean? It's just kind of the way the game he plays that said, I think he has another gear and you've seen it when he's in the playoffs all the way back to San Francisco. Like, I think he can, air it out and put up bigger numbers. Like I feel better about having him in a big game situation. Where you is it time for the Kirk the Cousins shot in it a corner? Then I did with Kirk Cousins.
1: I think we're ready for it. I think this is, I think it's a good segue. Um, <laughs> oh, it's almost it? like its own little sub podcast um, because Kirk Cousins looked unmitigatedly terrible um, on Sunday and put up the classic Kirk Cousins stat line of almost 300 yards and a touchdown and threw the ball 55 times, but he also threw one interception and fumbled twice, both of which were lost and the game was lost. And somebody made the point that if you go back a week and, um, uh, the, the roughing the passer call that week on clay Matthews that extended the game and negated an interception. If that interception had stood, um, the cousins, they lose the game. Uh, it's his fault. It looks bad. Um, it's a totally different season and his stats are worse because he didn't have wouldn't have had the overtime to pad the stats uh, i think he looks exactly like what i right. by right. the time he left by the time i was really cranky about kirk cousins it, he looks like more or less what i expected him to look like especially in the first quarter of the season when cousins has always struggled and uh i am just so glad that guy's out of town how about you
0: I mean, I I still think he's a good quarterback, you know, closer to average than great. Uh, I think Alex Smith is just a little bit better. And I had two moments of Kirk Cousins' schadenfreude corner on Sunday. One was I started him in one of my fantasy leagues. And I think he had negative negative four points at halftime. I mean, I'm not sure how that's possible for a quarterback to have negative four points. Uh, And then the second thing was I saw somebody, I think Chad Ryan tweeted – Something about, like, Vikings fans are getting a taste of Kirk yep. Cousins' garbage time. You know, like, the Kirk Cousins' there's garbage just, time There's pass. something
1: indescribable. Uh,
0: which, yeah, um, I enjoyed
1: that. That's different when you watch Alex Smith play. There's, like, I believe that he will make a decisive decision that is a good decision. And I just never believed that part about Cousins. I believe he has the arm. I believe he has you Know, uh, he's uh, I'll put it this way he's better at football than, for example, me or you for sure 100% certain of that. But, um, I just oh, yep, uh, quite possibly wittier <laughs> yeah, and at least for far me, fit. far better looking. Uh, I would never presume to judge you, but uh, uh, I,
0: I, two, two, two more aspects of Smith, uh, that I, that I enjoyed from Sunday. Uh, I love. I love that he hit Vernon Davis for a long connection because those guys were drafted like a year apart 18 years ago in San Francisco. It's just very fun to see them still doing it. Um, And then the other one was he ran more this week. And I think when we were talking about, when I was talking about Smith, like having another gear and I think being able to play at a higher level, uh, depending on the situation or the stakes, I think that also part of that is that he can run. And he doesn't do it yes, all the and time
1: he can of, run like, without immediately being that, st- that uh, strip fumbled uh, while running um, which is which is another upgrade. I, I don't know I, it's funny because we were so annoyed when they made the trade um, because we were looking towards the future and wanted a young guy and you know had starry-eyed fantasies of Baker Mayfield or whatever. but from a pure like right now, who would I rather have on this team even at the current salary it's not even close. I would rather have Alex Smith.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we, I, might, we might not look back. I think,
1: the, on I think the only podcast I'm proud of that, is that, my that uh, letting everybody sure. know last week why we didn't record, which received, without going too far into the weeds, uh, well over uh, 10 listens, which for a one-minute podcast that essentially said, um, hey, we're not podcasting. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I want to be really specific. It was well over 10.
0: uh I I mean,
1: absolutely not, Uh, although I will tell you a funny story about recording it, which is that uh, I I, I tried to do a little bit of your sort of intro thing and then said, I'm not you and that that kind of thing. Um, But because I was just speaking alone in the room, I found myself falling into the habits that I use when I'm doing voice to text in the car. So there was at least one um, take on it where I actually said the punctuation as I was talking. which was the most embarrassing yes. good morning yes. comma and welcome to the mr irrelevant it yeah, was really bad news yeah no, that's good that's a very fair point Beard. we should do
0: an entire episode that way just because nobody's listening anyway um i was gonna say they did despite being football reshuffled football. that was oh, a really good like sign well yeah.
1: bergstrom, bergstrom. Uh, what's the bergstrom yeah
0: name? Like uh he's a guy Bergstrom. his name's
1: Bergstrom. Bergstrom he seems um Bergstrom. better Who's than anyone guy? expected I know when we were listening or when I was listening to uh you know whatever podcasts and whatever in the run-up there were some people it might have been uh JP Finley's NBC Sports podcast really like well that's gonna be a debacle uh that's that's not good news but he looked in the end he looked good I would argue that this actually looked yeah. better let's see he is yeah. a uh six foot five three hundred and ten pound person uh he is yeah that's a good sign he's 32 years old um, uh, went to college at utah fair. 7 years of nfl experience i am reading right off the screen
0: wow wow 7 years it's great um, yeah and i think
1: unclear it's because that's a concussion and uh, you know as the they vibe. say that is a an unpredictable yeah. recovery
0: yeah right Sure. Well, and one thing before we move on to the defense that I just, I I feel like we need to kind of self-reflect here because it's been overwhelmingly positive. Meanwhile, like our quarterback and our running back have a combined age of 70 and our wide receivers suck and our tight end is injury prone as is our kind of jack of all trades running back. And, maybe um, except that maybe i'm
1: deeply unconcerned yeah. with what they're going to do next year or the year after that or the year after that what i want is an enjoyable season that like i can settle down and watch the game and you know enjoy watching it and then have this podcast and not have it be just a relentless um depressing whining whatever um so i'm okay with it i i'm fine that they're old i don't really care whatever
0: Well, well, looking at the schedule ahead, have to, they have to go to New Orleans after the bye. I think that's a Monday nighter at, you know, at the Saints. And then they host the Panthers. Then I think they have the Cowboys and Giants. And then I think they play the rest of the NFC South, so the Atlanta and Tampa Bay. And, and, you know, kind of looking backwards and, and seeing that they have not won or lost more than two games in a row in, like, two years. Um I think we're going to be hugging 500. So
1: you would say, so you just split balling those. You would say lose down. to New Orleans to go to two and two. Uh, your Carolina Panthers, hashtag keep pounding. Um, what uh, What's going to happen there? Okay, so that would take them to two and three. Uh, I
0: mean, I think this could easily both be losses. Uh,
1: so you think but, they split but, but those, but and then like, do you think they split against like, Dallas and New York, both of whom look hapless at best so far this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, most likely you're looking at two and two over the next four, but I would say three. Why is that
1: Dallas game on CBS? That's bizarre. Whatever. Um, uh, How do you feel about the bye falling now, speaking of scheduling oddities?
0: Too early. I mean, I like that we get to be winners for two weeks, but... You know, I could take the bye in like November.
1: When well, I mean, but we have, have a bunch of offensive linemen heard, and we didn't even mention that uh, Trent Williams is going to go get a bursa sack, something, something, knee, something in the bye week. So, uh, uh, yeah. well, sure. I mean, you know, you swing by Chipotle, angry, pick up a like burrito bowl, and then go you get your something. knee scoped. Why not? Um, I, I like it. I'm actually excited for purely selfish reasons, which is that, yeah. you know, it's fine. Next week we'll, we'll take the kids to, you know, pumpkin patch or something. And then we've got an uninterrupted run of football, you know, something like that. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. I mean, while the weather's nice, it is good to have the bye. You know, you can kind of enjoy that Sunday with the family. Uh, but let's talk about the defense. I think they're giving up 15 points a game or something like that. I I, I might be wrong on this, but I think they're like, one of the uh, like lowest scoring defenses through three weeks, maybe second or third best in the NFL. Well, I thought the young uh, the young guys on the good? line
1: looked great. <laughs> um, both both Payne and Allen, I thought looked great. Um, the secondary looks no worse than last year. I still, for some reason, don't fully trust DJ Swearinger, even though every time I pay attention to him, he's making a play. So maybe I should. Um, I, I like. I, I think they've managed to weather the loss of Kendall Fuller.
0: Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties. Shocking, I'm sure. Shocking. Uh, Matt was talking about Swearinger. I also like Swearinger. Uh, I love the flight marshal celebration routine. I don't know if they did it this week. I didn't see it.
1: I didn't see it either, but is it too much? I just feel like... No. Uh, I don't know. I, like, I hate sounding like the old guy. I've been watching people on Twitter just grump about the change to the roughing the passer rules. Or, you know, like... Andy Poland was out. Deacon Jones is spinning in his grave and just like, shut up. So I hate being that guy, but like, I don't know. It seems like an awful lot of enthusiasm for relatively minor plays.
0: I feel like with receivers and, uh, you know, safeties and corners, like there's really, you should not curb the enthusiasm. Like those guys, they are working their ass off and they only get their time to shine like every so often. And when they shine, just let it go, you know, go for it. Um, But I want to bring it back. I want to bring it back to the defensive line because Allen and Payne and Ioannidis are all... Oh, I forgot
1: about Ioannidis. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, great.
0: So, Allen had two sacks. Payne had his first career sack. Ioannidis had another a sack for his third straight game. Uh, we haven't had a defensive line like this since the days of Dan Stubblefield and Dana Wilkinson.
1: Uh, and and those guys were old and came in as high-priced free agents these and i was are, kidding they were bad awesome. uh, they were also bad but at least they were names and at least they existed i yeah, mean
0: yes. <laughs> this is like uh, if we drafted dana wilkinson and Dane
1: subfield and got their best years yeah there you go i mean it's it's been it's been really genuinely exciting to watch uh that too um which is nice which is back to that's why we shouldn't feel too bad about the alex smith podcast is because that same enthusiasm that we have for the young guys on defense is what we were hoping to have for young guys on offense of which there are now exactly none
0: right well if, if you've got a really good defensive line which they might have and they might have for several years like you're kind of gonna have a good defense you know what i mean like i feel like I mean, it's very simple to say, but I feel like if you're solid on the offensive and defensive lines, like your team is solid and uh, you know, think the, the secondary's fine. The linebackers are fine. If Payne and Allen are really good, uh, this team set up really nicely.
1: Yes. Do you think Matt? Ionized can keep up his sack of game pace.
0: I don't know, but I like it. He's found money. What was he like a six rounder?
1: Something like that. That's a good pick.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. And, and like Quentin Dunbar might be good. I don't know. He
1: um, seems good. I, you know, maybe they maybe they had some idea what they were doing when they got rid of Kevin Fuller. Who knows?
0: Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. From him, to swear to to Norman, you know, I feel like the secondary is at least okay right now. Um, you know, we haven't even mentioned Ryan Kerrigan, who I think, I think he's now. Yes, I'm checking the stats. He has set the NFL record for holding calls uh, that he's, <laughs> that he's gotten called. You know, or that he's what, what? do you call that? Instigated or? Yeah, he's drawn. Been, maybe drawn. Yes, he's drawn.
1: A record number of holding calls. I feel like a used to be really good at that also. I wonder, I wonder how he stacks up.
0: How is Brian a Oh, he's good.
1: He's good. We talked. Yeah, I just bought a new plate. No, I have no idea. I'm sure he's fine. He's doing great out there in Tennessee. Yeah.
0: Um, anything else on the defense?
1: Nothing for me. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as always. It's so hard to make sweeping statements uh, after three games, especially heading into a bye. It's like I never know when to actually trust what I think I'm seeing. So. Well, it was funny and weird
0: and, like, this whole, like, Smith-Cousins thing is so wrapped up. I mean, I go, it goes all the way back to, like, Jason Campbell. I remember saying, like, if you just give Jason Campbell or Kirk Cousins after him, like, a good defense, a good offensive line, like, some decent skill position players, like, they're good enough to win. Like, a Campbell or a Cousins would be good enough to win if the team around them, uh, you know, was, was quality. Just look at the Chiefs. Look what they can figure to the playoffs every year with Alex Smith.
1: Well, you need coaching
0: also. Like, you need coaching. Well, but I feel like now the Redskins are kinda like the Chiefs were with Alex Smith. Like it's maybe an average to above average team, and guess who's the quarterback? Alex Smith.
1: Well, that was what was so weird. There was a lot of, you know, hey, it's Aaron Rodgers who was the first pick in that draft and uh or Alex Smith who was the first pick in that draft and Aaron Rodgers who was whatever it was, the twenty twenty fourth or whatever it was. But Jason Campbell was taken right yeah. after Aaron one, Rodgers, one which pick is after
0: Aaron Rodgers
1: which is so depressing. I felt I was just trying to imagine if he was watching that game, I was hoping somebody would write that piece, but nobody did. And I did not have the time or the energy to try to do it myself. But, but the thing is the reason I say coaching is because look back sometime, not right now, but sometime at the roster for that 2018 Jim Zorn's first year. And, like, the, the offense, in hindsight, looks incredibly stacked. Um, like, the offensive line, the wide receivers, the running back, even the fullback, Chris tight Samuel, end. You're like Chris Samuel, John Jansen, yeah. Clinton yeah. Fortes, Santana Moss. Uh, yeah, Antoine randall um Mike Sellers, Chris Cooley. Um, oh, yeah. I think John Jansen was still with the team at that point, although maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, yeah.
0: Jan- yeah Jansen and Samuels were the bookends for that decade.
1: So it's like... You look at that. And you're like, well, maybe putting Jason Campbell with great skill position players uh, wasn't going to work if it was also Jim Zorn and that insane, right, right. lovable crew coaching. Anyway, yes, yes. we digress. Yeah, we did digress. Uh,
0: anything on special teams? I can't. I don't remember anything.
1: Yeah, no. Special teams has been totally falling out of my mind. I for some reason I don't know if I'm like going up and, and getting beer during the you know special teams plays or what, but I've seen like nothing. I have no insight whatsoever.
0: I mean, I love that. If the Redskins' special teams are completely nondescript all season long, that's a huge victory. <laughs> this is
1: true. This is very uh, true.
0: Coaching anything?
1: I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm more or less enjoying the Jay Gruden era. I think I'm a little warmer on him than you are. I, I think he's more of a nine and seven coach, whereas I feel like you think he's more of an eight and eight coach. Um, do
0: you think? Do you think? Do you think like he's like I don't know? If, if it's somebody who knew a little more than us, was going to like power rank all the coaches? Do you think he'd be above average? I think he'd probably be like right in the middle.
1: I feel like he is average. I feel like you could just yeah. call it the Jay Gruden line. I feel like he is just yeah. the most average coach.
0: You win some, you lose some.
1: How do you um, – exactly. But you you got to say it more like he's, he's got that weird clipped tone. Um, yeah. He, how do you think uh, he and John are getting along these days? Do you think they talk during the season?
0: Do you think John is like having a lot of trouble coming to grips with not being the best head coach in the family? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dagger. Um,
0: yeah. uh, one thing Jigger did well, I thought, was uh, he caught He challenged that um, first down. That I think it was a, like it looked like a catch, but on replay review, it was like barely a drop. The ball was like you know bobbling when when he hit the ground. Uh, that was like a quick decision call because the Packers were rushing up to the line and like a really decisive one. You know, in, in terms of the game. I feel like it happened a bunch of times where something good would happen to the Packers or bad for the Redskins, but then there would be, like, the Clay Matthews roughing the passer or that replay overturned or, you know, Randall Cobb somehow gets stripped. You know, like, it just – Redskins get a lot of breaks.
1: They did get a lot of breaks, and, and it's nice if for no other reason than because I hate – I hate the complaint that, like, the refs are against a given team or whatever. So it was yeah. nice not being able to say that and just being able to say, like, hey – <laughs> if anything, they were for the Redskins, and that is a okay. I thought, um, yeah, I don't know. I felt, I felt okay about the coaching. I feel okay about everything. I'm, I, you know, I'm just yeah. easy going, happy guy.
0: Yeah, um, the Clay Matthews uh, roughing the passer was absurd. Um, why don't I know? Like, the, like the referees are officiating to like the letter of the law on that. Like, why don't they just have a referee meeting this week and be like, let's only call that if like the quarterback gets pile driven into the
1: ground well I mean I don't know I'm of two minds because like yes it sure looked like a great sack like a really clean sack um, but I if it's the rule it's the rule and you just deal with it and I feel like every five years they change the rules and everybody screams about how the game's going to be ruined and it's, it's barely going to be recognizable and it's actually pretty much recognizable and it's okay um, I'm fine with it play to the rule you know
0: all right, fine. Uh, media, anything on the broadcast or any media surrounding
1: the game? I did not notice anything on the broadcast. The one note, on extended media surrounding the game is that uh, Burgundy Blog made his semi triumphant return to the to the Twitter and the airwaves, um, which was, I suppose, good to see. Always nice to have that guy back around.
0: I got my baby back. Indeed. Um, well, I, I noticed though that he so he had. When Geist got hurt, he just stopped. <laughs> like he just stopped tweeting, stopped podcasting. So at some point during the game, I think he tweeted an emoji. I can't remember what it was. was it he, eyes. He
1: did eyes, eyes? first. He did a few. He really, he really did an impressively staged rollout and return to Twitter. I, I, I give him credit for theatricality.
0: So are you doing an eye roll on his emoji return?
1: I'm. I'm I think I'm doing the hmm. Uh, emoji oh, is, is what I'm, I'm doing. The
0: well, I listened to the the Bebe podcast um, that he did, <laughs> and I was struck by, and by the way, that's a podcast thing to say. Like, Michael Barbaro at The Daily will always start a statement with, like, I was struck by. That's just a podcast tip for you guys listening at home. Uh, but I was struck by the Bebe podcast, which is, like, a half hour long, and it was a one-man show, and it was, like, clearly a pre-written monologue. And I mean, to break your silence that way, with that kind of effort, just impressive. I hope he keeps it going. I hope he comes back for week four and
1: beyond. It was impressive. And it was uh, the the worst silence break I can ever remember is when Bill Simmons, I think it was when they launched, was it when they launched The Ringer after Grantland? And literally the first thing on his first podcast back was a MeUndies read. Not just a read, but a MeUndies read. And it was like woof that is uh i'm sure that was contractually obligated but boy that well meundee's
0: meundee's paid a pretty dollar for that placement i'm sure they did but to break the silence read
1: it was still like you know there's there's at that point there was still i think for me at least there was still more excitement about oh he's back what's he gonna do what's this new site gonna be like and like not even preambling but launching straight into the meundee's read bad look. Um so I was impressed with with Burgundy blog for really just, you know, knowing what he was going to say and going to it first and not to the advertisers. Good for him.
0: So I'm going to end this pretty overwhelmingly positive podcast episode with a sour note, which is I I fear I fear that we should really enjoy these two weeks this break because my, my fear is that this is the high point of the season.
1: Well, there's something we didn't talk about that we thought we were going to be talking about on this podcast, which is that you were somewhat checked out. I mean, you were the uh, – obviously, while you had other things going on with the hurricane and whatnot, um, you were spiritually with the people who did not show up to the the home opener. Um, you You yeah, had some so, doubts. Talk about this.
0: Well, so I've been a Sunday Ticket subscriber for – nine or 10 seasons since I moved out of the DC market and yeah, Sunday tickets like 300 bucks every year. I call and say, I'm a Redskins fan. They suck. I'm quitting. And every year they give me 50% off this year. They did not. And I don't know if the, the the representative had some insight on the Redskins season,
1: (laughs) a sharp representative,
0: (laughs) or if she was just a stickler. I don't know what, but they did not give me the discount. So I canceled the Sunday ticket. Now, this has not come into play uh, because week one, there was a free trial. Week two, I was evacuating a hurricane. Week three, it was a nationally televised game. Week four will be Monday Night Football. Week, or I'm sorry, week four will be a bye. Week five will be Monday Night Football, Saints. Week six will be Cowboys afternoon game on CBS for some reason. Uh, Yeah, so that's, I I guess that's national. Um, So I might not have to face this. Issue of not having the ticket until week seven, uh, but I think it does speak volumes that I decided here in 2018, finally, that it was not worth it to pay to watch the Redskins.
1: I'm. I'm do you feel any guilt over it? Do you, or do you feel resol- you know,
0: resolved to that decision? Honestly, the only guilt that I feel is to our our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, dude, I can watch, like, the highlights. I can watch NFL Rewind. If You know, NFL Network, you know, shows all the games in, like, 30 minutes. Um, you know, if I it's a big game, I could go to a bar or whatever. I could, you know, stream it illegally. I don't know. I just I, – I, at some point, like, a line has been crossed where I've decided the convenience of the ticket. Like, the Redskins are not – just not worth it. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Well,
1: uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear the more optimistic view. When we talked about it, I think we were texting. It was definitely not a verbal conversation, but uh, it sounded yeah. much grimmer the first time you mentioned it. This sounds much more positive positive, and upbeat.
0: Um, well, I mean, that was before the Packers game. <laughs> it's, it's a fair point.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I another media note about subscriptions, I tried the TuneIn radio app. Um, I was somewhere trying to listen to the game, and I think it's TuneIn. I don't know, one of the radio apps – um, and let me tell you, signing up to that was a suboptimal experience and not something I can recommend to anyone. So.
0: Well, well, I was on the road uh, driving from Atlanta to the coast when they were playing the Colts, and I, I had the TuneIn radio app anyways, and I was trying to listen to the game through TuneIn. I couldn't get it done. You know, just, I think they black out all the NFL broadcasts and make you sign up for whatever, $10 a month. Well, they do. And I also was unwilling to do that. So I tried
1: doing that because it it was a seven day free trial. And so I, I, that's what I did. I signed up for that. And the sign up process was frankly, um, much more annoying than it should have been. And then when I finally got in, like there were connection issues, there were quality issues. It was, you know, still the Redskins broadcast team. So like, uh, I, (laughs) I canceled that, that subscription right away.
0: Thumbs down on the TuneIn app. Also, thumbs down on having, like, paying to listen to Larry Michael.
1: Yeah, and also, I'm very worried about Sonny Jurgensen. I don't know if you've had the chance to listen to them at all lately. But, uh, you know, they're keeping Sonny around, but he just does not sound uh, great.
0: So, I can confirm that report. I heard the pregame, which was not blacked out on TuneIn. And, man, it was it was jarring
1: it's, it's beyond drag. and Sonny was one of the guys where like was just totally larger than life. Like when I, when I met him, when I saw him, when I've interacted with him, he was one of the ones yeah. who really like, uh, he was my, one of my dad's favorite players. Um, and so that, you know, it's one of those things that carries over, but it's really, really unsettling to hear him just sounding uh, really, um, you know, old. I mean, he is old, but boy,
0: yeah, not fun. Like, you know- Fun fact, other than Michael Jordan, I think he's the best athlete to ever come out of Wilmington North Carolina.
1: I don't know enough to argue, but uh, that's I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to subscribe to it. I love to I,
0: I think it was him and there was one other great quarterback that escapes me that was like you know I think they had like Norm van Brocklin or something and then Sonny Jergensen at the same high school. Like 60 years ago.
1: I love Sonny Jurgensen. So, anyway, so that was depressing. So, is that a downbeat enough note to end this one on, you think?
0: Uh, Yeah. Love you, Sonny. Uh, Love you, listeners. We'll be back maybe next week. Until then, follow Matt on Twitter, subscribe to the Mr. Element podcast. Stay cool.